Welcome to the Career Happy Mums podcast. This podcast is here to help you if you are considering career change or job change or returning to work after a career break. I'm here to share advice, tools and tips, as well as bring you guests onto the podcast that will show you that career change is possible. I'm Rebecca Amin, your host. I'm a career coach and I help parents who are unhappy in their careers to stop going around in circles and to find that path back to being career happy again. I also run my Facebook group called Career Happy Mums. So do search for that and join if you haven't already. So in today's episode, um, I'm really excited to welcome my guest, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Becky. I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Well, let me, um, I'm going to do a quick intro for you, Sarah. I hope you don't mind me speaking for you. Um, And then we'll, yeah, and then we'll have a chat about your your career changes. Um, So by way of introduction, um, Sarah has worked in fundraising, leading large direct marketing programs within both charity and on the agency side for nearly 20 years. Um, After having two children, the inflexible approach of her then employer caused Sarah to be extremely unhappy. Things needed to change for her to find the right balance. Sarah is now in a new part-time fundraising role, which allows her the flexibility to not only spend time with her children, but also to study for her new chosen career path into interior design. So today we're going to have a chat about the changes that Sarah has experienced in her career from being working full-time, being a mum, taking a career break, and now returning whilst also working towards that big career change for your longer-term future. So welcome, Sarah. I hope that was all accurate. (laughs) It's great to have you here. So as I say, I think, you know, there's probably loads that we could talk about, isn't there? Um, But I know when we first met, it was, um, I think it was about April in 2020. And we all know what was going on, (laughs) what was going on then with the pandemic. Um, And at the time, I think I might say that you were on a career break, essentially, um, with your young children. So is that that's right isn't it that that's sort of where you were at that, at that yeah point. so yeah. how did you make that decision sort of back in the early days I guess to to take that break initially to have that career break I think it was um it was it was largely to do with stress actually right. and just pickle and not being able to find any happiness in my day-to-day life at work mm. and it was over into my family life meaning that I was just a bit miserable and tired and grumpy and just and and just you know angry at my job and, and felt quite bitter and it just wasn't really a good place to be and so I just had a frank discussion with my husband and just said look I'm, this is making me really unhappy and you know we're fortunate enough that you know we're both in in good jobs and and being that um you know that it was well I didn't know at the time I think when when the pandemic was came so I didn't know what was coming but mm. you know works full time and we're lucky enough to be in a situation where he said look we can manage just about take the time off just stop and yeah. so that's so yeah and it's such a familiar story isn't it that because I think even you know I didn't take a, a really long career break but that having when you said I had a really frank discussion with my husband I think you know I remember that that you know I was in tears and kind of just not happy and the grumpiness and the 
sort of just you know everything feels annoying when <laughs> when work's bad doesn't it so um I think that will resonate with with lots of people listening as well that sort of just really needing to have the conversation and and make a change whether that's a break or something else but so so what at what point then because when we obviously met um back in 2020 you'd you're on your break already you'd had that frank discussion and, and kind of navigated that and you were then at a point of really I guess wanting to think about returning back into into work in some capacity um so at what point do you think it was or, or what triggered even but what point was it when you sort of thought actually I really want to start thinking about going back into the working world probably money if I'm honest right. um meant to have a break for so long um but I think I can't remember exactly when I left. It might have been in 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 like the autumn time in in the previous year in 2019, and then the pandemic came in 2020, which meant the kids were at home, which actually was a hard hit for me because I could do homeschooling and focus on it without having to do anything else, which was nice. Um, but as that kind of went on and on and on through COVID, um, you know, discussions started to bubble at home about, mm, you know, maybe need a little bit of extra money coming in um you know and, and the fact that it that COVID was around meant it was it was a bit of an excuse in a way to sort of say well what do you want me to do I've got to homeschool the kids so it kind of dragged on but you know I was glad of it because I did I, I still wasn't having that freedom of time to think what do I want to do because it was all consumed with children mm. so I think once all that started to get a bit better at least for that that period of time anyway um I was able to have that space and time to think what I wanted to do and started to explore what opportunities were out there but there were some barriers that meant it, it took longer again than I than I wanted it to mm. you know yeah and it's really interesting because you said you know you took a break because you're like actually works too much it's making me unhappy I'm not the mum I want to be and I'm not even enjoying what I'm doing mm. yet it kind of then resulted in in unknowingly for you of course that that sort of homeschool but even that you know just getting the space because even if there wasn't a pandemic and you know you would just still had been at home being mum that's really all consuming as well and I think sometimes I know I've spoken to a couple of people who thought right I'll just take a break and I can use that time to figure it out or when I'm on maternity leave I'll use that time to figure it out but actually quite often what can happen is fast forward to three six nine months even a year and it's still like I've just not had the time to really think about me because I've been doing everything at home and being everything to everyone. And that's really hard. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think for me, actually, you know, um, I love being a mum. I say, of course, maybe not, of course, but I, you know, I actually, I love being a mum. I love being around my children and I love spending time with them and being creative and all that stuff. Um, but being a mum full time at home actually isn't me and I I loved doing it for a bit but that was also a push you know to say actually I'm going a bit crazy being at home all the time with the children I need some balance I need something back just that's for me so that also led me to start looking but it was difficult because location was against me being outside London generally makes things a little bit harder um and the other uh, age-old problem of finding a senior role part-time meant mm. that then you know really struggling to find something that suited but it's just a case of plugging away I think and that's kind of what I did you know yeah. Sure look yeah yeah exactly and I think yeah yeah and there can be so many factors can't there it's sort of you get to that place you're like right I'm ready to go back but then actually you you know you say you're outside of London by that point and and that can sort of feel like a bit of a hindrance as well maybe the only thing we can thank the pandemic for is is remote working so <laughs> 
um, and so so it sounds like you sort of got to this place where you'd had a bit of a break but then un unwelcoming homeschool came <laughs> kind of probably maybe not unwelcome but you know like you say you enjoy being with your kids but as in didn't really plan your career break to, to sort of have that factored in um so how long do you think you waited so you'd kind of got to this place where you're like actually I think I am ready to go back to something so did you sort of sit on that for a while did you start taking action really quickly what kinds of things did you do do you think to to sort of start thinking about what and what that thing could be what it might look like well, it was two things, really. So it was kind of working in tandem. One was the money bit and one was the happiness bit. And I didn't see the two things going together. Not, you know, obviously I want to be happy in my career, but I could see that the the one, the part and the money was doing the thing I didn't really want to do. Mm-hmm. But if I could it was flexible and at home, um, then I would do that. So while I was plugging away at one thing, I then um, met you. And, you know, after looking and thinking, I don't know what I want to do and going round and round and round in circles, you know, spending time thinking, what could I do? Or I do a bit of this, I do a bit of that. I quite like this, I quite like that. But it wasn't really doing anything. I was just going round and round in my own head. So getting in contact with you meant that I suddenly was able to work through it logically in a kind of framework and, and start to get some clarity around what it was I needed practically and and what I wanted to do that suited me and my skill set um so I had those two kind of paths if you like yeah yeah and I think it's interesting because my, I think money and happiness can be so far or appear to be so far removed that it's like well to earn money I need to do this thing and I hate doing that thing but that's the only way I can earn money but I really want to be happy (laughs) it can be really really conflicting and and the reality is that we do need to earn money most of us need money you know we've got mortgages bills children all those things and um and I think that really is a really common theme that comes up around well what how can I earn money and be happy and I think and I know we'll we'll get to it in a second but where we got to I I know is was a sort of a bit of a one step to then facilitate the the sort of end goal of the the thing that can make you happy and I think it's not to say you know you can't have a career that makes you happy but I think there's always this view of but I'm going to have to either invest some money in training or take a salary drop or do something that's going to impact me financially but then I guess the long, long-term goal and aim is to go, well, I'm eventually going to be financially sort of sustained in a job that also makes me happy. But it can be that that sort of stopgap of getting there, can't it? It's, it's quite hard. What what do you think helped you the most? So when you were thinking all this through and, and we did the, the work together and sort of everything else that you were doing, what is the thing that kind of helped you the most, do you think? helped me the most to find the career I wanted or helped me the most to kind of get the job in, in, in you know the financially supported bit I'd probably just in in the entire situation so helped you to kind of work out what to do maybe well, that would be speaking to you <laughs> I wasn't setting you up there like was it me <laughs> yeah it was because I mean I you know I I would often look forward to that you know that time with you uh occasionally with a cheeky glass of wine if you remember <laughs> that you know that was my time and that meant I have a call I have to put this time aside I don't know who who needs me or getting the kids to bed or whatever I need to find this hour or whatever it was we had in the various sessions to sit down and focus on me and I also find it quite difficult sometimes to talk about myself with other people you know if you're talking to a friend you've always got to 
listen of course it's nice to listen you want to support other people and I have a tendency to do that like talk about somebody else and their problems and how can I help them not thinking about myself so actually to have an hour that was all for me yes I was paying for it but that's a good thing you know you, you were kind of completely focused on me and my development and that meant that 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 I was putting that time aside to really work hard at, at figuring out like what are the goals like how do we get there mm. yeah so it sounds like it was the time really wasn't it and whilst I'd love to say it was all me obviously I'm not, I'm not trying to set up that but but it sounds like just having that dedicated right yeah. I've got a full hour or an hour and a half or whatever the, the session was to it's all about me and and like you say that sort of investment I guess financially is something that that pushes you to then commit and go I've got to do this now because (laughs) I've paid for it so it kind of pushes you to sort stuff out doesn't it but I think it's like you say when we speak to friends it can be really lovely but it can also you know suddenly if they bring something up and you're like oh my problem's not as bad as their problem I'd best just be quiet or they need me more or what will they think of me if I say that or you know they all of that stuff can sort of start coming in can't it so um but that hour it sounds like just having that dedicated time so you know I guess I'm thinking for people listening if they're not in a space to invest in coaching maybe just finding that time and going right I am actually going to do this rather than it being yeah the only other thing that I'm thinking is I'm quite, um, I, I, you know, I'm quite a visional person. And for me, having that vision saying, where do I want to be in one year, five years? I don't mean like the answer of knowing the career, but just thinking, do I want to be doing this in five years or three? No. You know, where do I want to be? How do I see myself? And that helps spur me forward thinking like I've got this has got to change. Yeah, that's interesting. And actually another lady um, I spoke to who's done one of these podcast episodes, which I think I'm not sure of the schedule of where these are being released, but I think it'll be the one that's been released just before this one brought that up as well, which is really interesting because it's an exercise. I think when, um, and just for the benefit of people listening, this, this exercise is all about almost drawing a picture of your future. So in three, five years from now, draw a picture or symbols of what you want your world to look like, including work and, and everything else. Um, And the other lady I spoke to on the, the podcast last week was, went back to that as well and her thing was that she realized she would have the age what age her children would be was a real like wow they're not going to be young forever like I'm not going to be needed to tie shoelaces and make dinners and you know all the things that that we do she sort of said actually I need to start thinking about me because I'm not going to be in the same spot (laughs) in three years time forever and and as you say that sort of view of I can't see myself still be doing this in five years. Like I don't want that to happen. So it's it's quite an interesting exercise. I think when people do it, sometimes they're a bit like, oh, feels a bit wishy-washy. Don't really know if I've put enough in. Can't really see it yet. But I think it can be quite powerful to go, I know what I don't want. Or, I, or a realisation, I guess, comes in from that. Um, that's interesting. And so where did, and I know I sort of gave it away slightly in that, um, you know, I said you've sort of gone back to something to, to, <laughs> to, follow something up um, for your longer term career career but where did you land so where did you get to so you did lots of thinking we had lots of conversations tell us where you landed what did you do um, so I've landed on interior design as you said um, at the beginning um, and um, it's it's really exciting because it ticks all the right boxes and I hadn't considered it before which is the most interesting bit of it I think it's not mm. like oh, I've wanted to do this for ages. I'm going to start a business doing that. It wasn't that simple. And I don't think that always works. It'd be nice if it did, maybe. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to think practically, but unfortunately we do. And so there was lots of practical reasons why it worked for me. Um, 
as well as as well as kind of the the nice nice boxes that it ticked as well yeah and it's yeah I remember us having those conversations and there were quite a few different ideas weren't there and that was the one that kind of kept coming back so it's yeah. it's very exciting and have you have you started I think you're doing a course what so it's training and then what's your longer term where are you at with it sort of at the minute? yeah it was a, a little bit slow to start um, because I felt really swamped by all the information. You know, there's lots of questions, isn't there? Not just saying, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. That ticks the boxes. Right. Oh, now what? Like almost that's the easy bit once you've got there. And so I made loads of notes. I bought myself like a little journal and I made loads of notes about my thoughts and um, all the things I needed to consider about, you know, what a job might look like in that what areas there were to go like I had to become the expert in in what that might look like as a career and I made connections on LinkedIn with companies and and designers and I, I managed to get hold of a couple of people and had some nice messages um, I did loads of research and went round and round and round on courses and I'm quite a details person so I was trying not to stumble on the details but I really wanted to get it right you know I didn't want to end up um, taking a course to learn something new that then wouldn't be recognized later like in the industry so that was one of my con considerations and eventually landed on um, a course which kind of I felt was the right the right one and I'm now halfway through it in terms of workload but it's taken me way longer than I wanted it to and that I intended it to but that's okay you know life gets in the way and and that's okay but um, and I've had to do a full-time job at the same time which is quite tricky um but I'm really pleased I'm halfway through and I've been getting really good marks so I'm I'm super excited about it oh it's so nice I love hearing that because I think it's yeah it is really daunting and I think you know when we we said at the beginning often we'll be like, oh well I can't afford to retrain and I can't afford to do this and I can't afford to do that and they are genuine real things to consider but it sounds like you did all the right research to go well what what might be possible how might I be able to do this and as you say you, you have gone back into employed work partly in order to fund this and, and make it happen and I think that's that when we, you were talking before about happiness and finances it's almost like well I can I can go back and be happy enough to to do a, an employed job because it's almost the vehicle to allow you to to do the training and become the, the person in, in the career that that you do want to be and um what you said about the time thing I think with all the goodwill in the world we can have time frames can't we but kind of doesn't matter if you don't you know there's no prizes for going I did it in a year like <laughs> well done that, that goal to try to do it in the time but don't beat yourself up about it if it doesn't work out you know make a new plan that's what I Exactly. And I think as long as you're still going at it, it's not like you've thrown in the towel, done half of it and gone, this is too hard. I can't do it. It sounds like you've just slowed it down a bit and gone. And I'm sure there might have been times where you've probably thought I'm not, I can't, <laughs> it can't happen anymore. But once you're halfway, you're almost like, well, I can't throw away half a course. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. Yeah. And is it nice just I'm just because you mentioned about the time aspect, because, again, I think that's a really big thing that people worry about. There's a lady I'm working with at the moment who has got a place on a it's actually a degree course she'll do but she's really worried about how that will impact time and time with her family and um you know it's an extra thing to do and all the stuff that you worry about like where do we find the time but it sounds like you have albeit you know I'm sure it has it had huge impact but you have found the time so what is it about doing it that kind of I guess motivates you to find the time like <laughs> you are doing it so, so how do you do that and what is it that helps you keep going 
I had to be really realistic about the course I took on because there was absolutely zero point, not that I wanted to spend that much money or had, you know, that had the time to do a course that was like a full-time degree course, for example, that doesn't work. So whatever it is that, that you're looking for, it has to fit in realistically, even if it sounds really like crap, because I, you know, I was looking at this course, it was saying all six hours a week and I was thinking that's hopeless. That's like nothing even six hours that's really hard I never do six hours of it a week it's so difficult and so finding a course that was was realistic about how long this this might take to complete the content that was flexible that meant that I didn't have a certain time scale that I needed to do it in I could just go at my own pace it was so important in my personal situation um but there isn't any more hours in the day and it has been really difficult and it never gets easier it sometimes feels like it's getting harder and my husband's away all week so I'm single mum in the week um so I do all of the school runs and everything like that so the only time I can do it is before they wake up or after they've gone to bed and I started to work in the evenings you know reading or doing an assignment and I just realized I was too tired and I thought that you can't keep doing this because every day you're getting to the end of your working day you're putting up the children you're putting them to bed and then you're saying right now I've got to do this and it's and it's just it was making me miserable and I was trying to recognize that and thinking okay you're not supposed to like really enjoy necessarily this bit because you're trying to get to a place where you're going to be doing a job you love but you want to enjoy it a bit you know you don't want to be like slogging your guts out me being miserable trying so tired that you can't read and so I just made a decision I thought that don't beat yourself up get an early night get up early in the morning and so I get up at 6 6 30 sometimes I get 10 minutes and the children wake up unexpectedly which is really annoying and other times you know I get like an hour and you know have a cup of coffee and you know wake up and then start writing or reading or whatever it is and dedicate that time and my husband also takes the children out sometimes for an afternoon of a weekend so I can have a whole afternoon just to sit and I don't know do an assignment or something like that mm. um it really is a few hours a week and I'm just plugging away at it yeah and I think it's really important like you say you've listened to how you were feeling because I think you, we, when we spoke you were saying right I could do like a Tuesday night or you know whatever it is I could find time but if it's not working, it's the same thing, isn't it? If it doesn't work, it doesn't mean you stop. You just just can change it. And it sounds like for you, actually, the early morning things working for some people that, you know, maybe they're a night owl or, you know, whatever, and it might not. But um, I think there's something really to be said for if you're doing it in the morning, you're almost setting yourself up your day starts with that thing that is your passion project and is the thing you really want to do. And that's quite a nice way, I guess, to start your day as well, isn't it? That you've sort of done your focus on the thing you love and then you can kind of crack on with the rest of your day knowing that you've, you've ticked that box and, and you've got a bit more done and you've chipped away. Even if it was 10 minutes, like you've managed 10 minutes. Um, exactly. And that's not to be sniffed at 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. It all makes the difference for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, it's so nice to know that it's that it's still moving along. And like you say, it sounds like it's you're doing great at it as well, that you've got all these your assignments done and you're getting good feedback. And, and that's that's wonderful. So I'm very happy for you. Um, so just to kind of wrap up, if you could give one piece of advice to people listening. So if, if people who are listening are in that space where they're unhappy or feeling lost or confused, not really sure what to do. Um, career-wise if you could give them a, just a, a snippet of advice what would your one one piece of advice be um my advice is to uh, I guess it's um writing down why you're doing it and I, I haven't it's not up on the fridge anymore but it used to be um because I'm more cemented in what I'm doing now but I had to write down why I'm doing it because 
various people close to me, although it wasn't kind of malicious or, you know, not not caring. It was just, oh, I don't really get it. Why are you doing that? Oh, I didn't see you doing that. I was thinking, okay, th their opinions really mattered to me, but I could not let it affect me. I had to say, right, well, this is why I'm doing it because it ticks all the boxes. Because, and then they get bored and they're like, okay, okay, okay. So I'm like, right, that's why I'm doing it. And I was reminding myself at the same time, why are we doing this again? Right, yes, that's why we're doing it. And actually have it stuck up somewhere where it, like, it spurs you on um, and the visual thing, you know, thinking one day soon I'm going to be in a studio at the end of the garden and I'm going to be like creating with fabrics and stuff and it's going to be brilliant <laughs> oh I love that because that's actually reminded me that that was the they were the exact words you used I think when we talked through kind of what you saw yourself it was it was at the end of the garden and it was yeah. your creative space and yeah and I think that's really good advice that remembering your why and, and that can be quite hard to get to I think and, and can be good to do but even at the start, when you don't know your answer, just remembering the the why of why do you need to find the answer can be can be helpful as well. But but it's really nice to hear that that's really helped you because people do have opinions and are kind of you know they've got perceptions or views of what who you are, what you should be doing, and and what they might choose to do. But I think it's also some people hear you go, oh well, I'm doing an interior design course and I'm going to be an interior designer that might be quite intimidating for someone to hear who's unhappy in their career and kind of go, oh, like, <laughs> and then you kind of go, well, wait, why are you doing that? Like, because they might not be brave enough. So not saying that's true of all your friends and family, but I think it can be quite, you know, kind of puts a bit of a mirror up, doesn't it, to people to go, well, you can make changes if you want to. But, um, but and people always, like you say, have views of who you are, what you should be doing and, and what their expectations of you are. So it sounds like that's really helped you, which is, is good to know. And I might steal that for some of my coaching clients as well when they're having a, <laughs> having a wobble. Stand firm and, and be strong about what you want. At the end of the day, actually, the other one thing I've realised is in much as people love you, it's no one else's job to make you happy and no one else is going to do the work for you. So if you don't do it, then, you know, nothing's going to change. So yeah. that's quite harsh, I think, but it's true. I completely agree. And I think that is a perfect sentence to end on. So I'm not going to dampen it by harping on with a reply. So I love it. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Sarah. I've loved talking to you because um, I've not spoken to you for quite a while. So it's nice to nice to chat. And I hope our listeners have enjoyed our conversation um, as well. Um, if anyone wants to ask any questions or, um, you know, finds this useful or has comments, of course, always feel free to let me know. Um, you'll be able to find my email address against the podcast notes. Um, and there's also my Facebook group, Career Happy Mums, to join. If you're not a member already, feel free to, to find that. And again, there's a link in the show notes. Um, so thank you again, Sarah. Lovely to chat. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Happy Mums podcast. Don't forget to join my free Facebook group, Career Happy Mums, or maybe you'd like to book a chat with me if you wish to find out more about how I can help you move towards a happy place in your career again. You can find a link to book that call in the notes alongside this episode. But for now, until next time, thank you for joining me. 